Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and we're thankful to be able to get into God's Word with all of our listeners every single day. To have this opportunity to teach God's Word over such a broad-based medium of the radio and extended from that over the internet. We encourage you to encourage others to listen to the program. They can do that if they're in the Omaha area through the regular times, but also many people are not able to listen, even in this area, at the prescribed times that this program is aired. And it's aired several times a day, but people are working, people are busy with different activities in their lives, and so they're not able to tune in always at the prescribed times. But you can go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and encourage others to do so as well. And click on the listen button at the top of the home page and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it is free. It will always be free. We're not after your wallet. We're help, we want to help you get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive Monday through Friday, every single day, this radio program. Search the scriptures. It'll go to your smart device, whichever one you choose. Your smartphone, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. Automatic, every day, Monday through Friday. And again, it's always free. But you'll also receive a great daily, seven-day-a-week, short Bible study that gets you into God's Word for a few minutes every day, about 13 minutes or so, called Today's Bible Class. And you'll receive all of our sermons, which are now being posted in video format as well as audio format. And you'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class and a Wednesday night Bible class. All of that, automatic and free, and it will always be free. While at our website, churchofchrist.com, you can also download and listen to hundreds of sermons going back years, and you can access hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles that you can read and study through. So great resource, Bible resource materials for your study and your spiritual growth. Now, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, it is crucial that we get into God's Word so our faith can grow stronger and stronger, and we can come closer and closer to God. And ultimately, our prayer is that you will come to God all the way through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Jesus openly as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and being baptized into him for the remission of your sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. That's our prayer. We want to help you along that line. We want to help you get all the way to heaven. Now, Again, encourage other people to take advantage of our website, churchofchrist.com. It's always free, always will be free. We encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and visit with us, study with us, worship with us, grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Midweek Bible classes each Wednesday evening at 
you're welcome to any and all of our services. Come check us out. Study with us. Grow spiritually with us. Now, if you'd like to receive a copy of today's program, or if you'd like to receive a free Bible study that we offer through the postal mail, contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click in the email link and contact us that way. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. We hope to hear from you. We're going to finish up this particular section of our study talking about the existence of God and looking at it from a logical perspective, how logical reasoning not only points us toward believing in God, but really demands that we believe in God. If we're going to reason logically, there is no way that we could come away and say, I don't believe in God, because the facts keep pointing to God's existence. Now, the scriptures claim openly, unashamedly, without any reservation, to be God's true word. In fact, the scriptures claim to be truth itself, and that truth being because it's God's word, the truth from God. Jesus said in John 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then in John chapter 17 and verse 17, he identified God's word as being truth. So God's word is truth itself. The Bible does not shy away from examination. In fact, it encourages the reader, examine me, dig deep, read the scriptures, study carefully. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote exactly that in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. The King James Version says, study. Other translations say, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Over and over and over and over again, literally, the scriptures themselves themselves invite the reader to dig deep, to study, to examine what is there, and to come to the ultimate logical conclusion that it is God's very word, and therefore God exists. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, prove all things. Again, the Bible does not shy away from examination. It encourages it. Now, what we've been putting forth in this particular section of our study on the existence of God is that Bible facts require divine intelligence. We've been looking at a number of texts of Scripture, and this is a sampling, that lay out facts, facts of science, and as we'll see, geography, that are written down in Scripture hundreds and hundreds, and in some cases thousands of years before we, humanity, figured them out. And yet they're written down there in a rather matter-of-fact way. Job chapter 26 and verse 7, he stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. Well, that was not the common belief. And again, Job may be the very first book of the Bible that was written. So we're going back to way ancient days. 
That's not what humanity believed back then. Humanity thought, well, there was this Greek god, a mythological god, obviously did not exist, but that was the belief, named Atlas, and he was holding up the earth on his shoulders. Another ancient belief was that the earth was supported by four elephants standing in the back of a giant turtle. <laughs> Fanciful reasoning, wasn't it? But that was the, those were common beliefs of ancient mankind. But Job, Job 26 and verse 7, in very ancient days, says, no, the earth, God hung it on nothing. And we, thousands of years later, came to understand that's exactly right. The earth is this globe hanging in space in the universe by virtue of the forces of the universe surrounding it. In Job chapter 26 and verse 8, it describes, and that's also supported by Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 7, the hydrologic cycle of how the rivers on the earth flow into the sea, and yet the sea does not overflow and cover all of the face of the earth, all of the dry land, but rather its waters evaporate into the atmosphere and rain clouds form, rain back upon the earth and replenish the waters of the rivers that never run dry, but keep flowing into the sea. In, in, in Job chapter 26 and verse 10, in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 and 22, talks about the circular horizon and the circle of the earth, which again, we thought was flat until somewhere around 14, the late 1400s. You're talking about thousands of years later before we figured out the earth is round, and yet it's right there in the scriptures. The stars of the universe, Jeremiah 33 and verse 22 says they are innumerable, just as innumerable as the grains of sand on the seashore. Now, it's been said that we can see only about 4,000 stars with the naked eye from any point on earth. And yet, there, it is estimated, estimated that there are 20, 25 sextillion stars in the universe. But who in the world can count them all? But right there in Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 22, it already said in ancient days that the stars in the universe are innumerable, innumerable. Well, how did all of those ancient writers, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years before we came to learn the truths that they were writing down in a rather matter-of-fact way in Scripture, how did they know those truths? How did they write them down? God. It's because they were writing God's word, and God was writing them to write the very truth on those matters. In Psalm 8, then verse 8, the psalmist wrote, The birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. The paths of the seas? You mean the seas have paths? The ocean, it's not just a gradually declining, but pretty much level kind of seabed that goes a little deeper and deeper and deeper and then kind of comes up on the other end. 
and it's just kind of static in its formation? No, there are paths in the sea. Something that we did not discover for thousands of years after it was written by the psalmist in Psalm 8 and verse 8. How in the world did that ancient writer know that the sea actually has paths through its depths? It's not concentric seabedding. There are paths that go through it. How did he know that? Because he was guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write the very truth on that matter. It's God's word. And so these facts, they point us to the logical conclusion. We have to believe that these facts laid out hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of years before we came to learn them to be facts, laid out thousands of years before we came to understand them, that demands a divine intelligence behind the writing of them. Psalm 38 in verse 16. I'm sorry, not Psalm 38, Job 38 in verse 16. Notice what we read. You've entered the springs of the sea. Or rather, have you entered the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in search of the depths? Springs within the sea? Isn't it just the rivers that flow into the sea that continue to replenish its waters? No, there are springs in the sea. There's tremendous amount of water in the crust of the earth. There are springs in the sea, just as there are springs in the dry land upon the earth. But we did not know that. We did not know that. Springs and depths of the sea? We did not discover actual springs in the sea, nor did we calculate the approximate six miles in depth of the Mariana Trench, for example, for thousands of years after this was written. How did that ancient writer know about them? Springs in the sea and depths of the sea. It's God's word. God guided him to write the very truth on this matter. Right there, you talk about ancient writing thousands of years before we figured it out. Interesting, isn't it? Let's look at one more. And we could look at others, but these are some that we can just point to and say, look at that. How did they know? Now, as, as I said, we can look at others as well. But this is not an exhaustive study, but it's sufficient to make the point that these Bible facts written down in ancient days, extremely ancient days, require divine intelligence because they were not known to people commonly in the days in which they were written down. And yet those ancient writers wrote them as fact. And they are fact. But mankind did not know that at that time. And so those writers 
were guided by divine intelligence, the divine intelligence of God, to write those very truths, those facts, laid them out in Scripture. In Leviticus chapter 12, in verse 3, God is giving Moses instruction on circumcision, circumcising newborn male children. And so he says, on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Now, what ought to come to our mind and what we ought to ask by way of questioning is, why did God choose the eighth day? Why didn't he just say, Moses, instruct the people of Israel that when their newborn male children are born, that pretty soon after they're born, they ought to circumcise them. Circumcise the flesh of the foreskin. Why did he specify in the eighth day? Have you ever wondered about that? And have you ever wondered on what day newborn children today are circumcised commonly? Well, circumcision was instructed to be on the eighth day of a male baby's life. We did not learn for thousands of years that vitamin K is at its highest level. Now understand this. We did not learn for thousands of years that vitamin K is at its highest level only on the eighth day after a male child's birth. Did you get that? Vitamin K is at its highest level only on day eight of a male child's life, making it the optimum day for circumcision because of that factor contributing to blood clotting. How in the world did that ancient writer, writing this approximately around 12 to 1400 years BC, how did he know that? How did he know that? This was instruction from God. God knew that. Mankind didn't know that for thousands of years later. But God knew that. And he instructed that circumcision be performed on the Israelite newborn male babies on the optimum day for that surgery to take place, the eighth day. Over and over and over again, we observe facts that we now recognize as being true. But they were written down in God's word hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of years before we came to learn that they are facts. We didn't even know about a bunch of them for thousands of years. How did those ancient writers know as they wrote those texts of Scripture?
in ancient days. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. More literally, all scripture is God-breathed, his very word. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. They could write down those facts that undoubtedly even they did not know before God guided them to write them down because they were being guided by God to write them. Only by divine intelligence, and that's God, God, could those facts be made known to those ancient writers. The otherwise unknowable factual information contained in God's word proves God's existence. Those very Bible facts, unknown to mankind when they were written down, but the writers guided by God to write them, and then thousands of years later, we finally learned them as humanity. Those very factual points of information contained in God's word from a logical perspective, a logical line of reasoning, proves God's existence. Now, we haven't touched on all of the prophecies fulfilled in exact detail hundreds of years later. That would take too much time for this particular study in this format on the radio. But it's there over and over and over and over and over and over again. Bible facts require divine knowledge. And that divine knowledge is God. We'll move on to the next section in this study next time. I do hope and I do pray that you are being strengthened in your faith in God through this line of study. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks. You are awesome. You are all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, Father. You are gracious, you are loving, you are kind, you are merciful, and you are also a God of judgment. All of your attributes work together and complement each other as you are God. Thank you for revealing such knowledge to us as is communicated in your word. Again, praise be to you. Help people open their eyes and believe and open their hearts and obey. We pray for your forgiveness, gracious Father. Please hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.